the woman of great faith. Matthew 15, 21 to 28, the Syrophoenician woman. Jesus went away from there and withdrew into the district of Tyre and Sidon. And a Canaanite woman from that region came out and began to cry out, saying, Have mercy on me, Lord, son of David. My daughter is cruelly demon-possessed. But he did not answer her a word. And his disciples came and implored him, saying, Send her away, because she keeps shouting at us. But he answered and said, I was sent only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. But she came and began to bow down before him, saying, Lord, help me. And he answered and said, It is not good to take the children's bread and throw it to the dogs. But she said, Yes, Lord, but even the dogs feed on the crumbs which fall from their master's table. Then Jesus said to her, O woman, your faith is great. It shall be done for you just as you wished. And her daughter was healed at once. This woman is a Gentile from the Syrophoenician race. There are so many things wrong about this encounter with Jesus when we look through the physical mindset, and yet we can learn so much from this encounter with Christ, looking from a spiritual mindset and heart posture. This woman, who is a Gentile, taps into a spiritual dimension, a reality that she is not to be able to tap into, or is she? This entire encounter is about a woman who is of no importance or no prestige or physical heritage or lineage, and yet she knows of a spiritual reality that she can access in Christ. The dimension is of the power of an indestructible life in Christ and not on the requirement of a physical law. What's wrong with this encounter from a physical state? Firstly, she is a woman talking with Jesus who is a male. Secondly, she is a Gentile from a region known for sinful behavior. Her ancestry was a despised enemy of Israel. Thirdly, Jesus was sent to the lost sheep of Israel, the lost tribes, not to the Gentiles. Fourthly, Jesus didn't even want anyone to know that he was in this region of Tyre, Mark 7:24. And fifthly, the disciples want to send her away. What's right about this encounter with Christ? Firstly, she approached Jesus with a heart of humility and asking for mercy. She knows who she is, meaning her fallen nature, and she knows the divide between herself and Christ. She knows in the physical she is not worthy. She knows in accordance to the laws of the day she is not supposed to be acting like this and that she is breaking the laws of the day. She is risking her own life. Because of this understanding, she approaches Christ in a way that will open up the possibility for her to receive what she is asking for. It's not going to guarantee anything, but it is the way and approach to receive what she is asking for. She is demonstrating for us the way or mode of being or posture that we are to approach our Father with. Matthew 8, 3-4, Matthew 11, 25-26, James 1, 21, Proverbs 22, verse 4 are similar passages. Secondly, she makes her request known to Jesus, even though there is no way she should be asking or is there. Thirdly, she has a desperation to see her daughter healed that motivates a behavior that trumps all the physical laws that are in place. 
She doesn't listen to the cultural voice. She doesn't listen to the gender voice. She doesn't listen to the disciples' voices. She doesn't even listen to the voice of Jesus. Fourth, after her initial request, she repositions herself again, bowing down before him, demonstrating a heart of humility and making her request known. Help me. And fifth, after Jesus speaks to this request, she then speaks again and presents her case to Jesus. But even the dogs feed on the crumbs which fall from their master's table. She knows something. She knows she is a child of the promise of Abraham, a spiritual promise, not on the basis of a physical law, but on the basis of a promise in the spirit. John 1, 11 to 13. Right here is where this encounter is about to take on a whole different reality. Things in the spiritual realm are about to be activated into the physical world because of the words this woman uses, which are words that grab Jesus' attention, which causes him to grant her her request of healing. Jesus identifies a dimension of faith that is present in this dog, this Gentile, this Canaanite sinner that moves him to action. Jesus is moved from his original position of, I was sent only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel, to a position of awe and wonder because of what he saw operating. O woman, your faith is great. It shall be done for you just as you wish. This dog, this Gentile, this Canaanite sinner has tapped into a spiritual dimension that has always been present from the beginning of time a dimension that trumps the physical laws and taps into and draws from the true realm of the spirit. This woman's faith activates the spiritual realm and her daughter is healed because of it. She is operating on the basis of an indestructible life in Christ and not on the basis of keeping the requirement of a physical law. She appears to be breaking the physical laws mentioned and yet Jesus acknowledges the enormity of her faith and heals her daughter. What is this faith that trumps these physical laws? Romans 4, 13-17 Great faith sees all that is in Christ for us as his children and lays hold of this life in Christ by faith. We see the centurion in Matthew 8 being singled out by Jesus for having great faith. Jesus says, I haven't found such great faith with anyone in Israel. These two people with great faith in Jesus are Gentiles, sinners, and yet Jesus identifies them as people of great faith, people of promise. What is this great faith that taps into a spiritual dimension that anyone can access and live from, that trumps the physical laws and ways? This faith is the faith that is intertwined and interlinked with the indestructible life in Jesus. This faith is birthed through the power of God, and it is the faith of Hebrews 11, 1-2. Faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. By this faith, the men of old gained approval. This is the faith that Abraham gained approval by. This is the faith that made all these people righteous in God's eyes. This is great faith. Abraham was accredited righteousness because of his faith. Most followers' concept of faith is in believing in Jesus' ability to perform some kind of miracle on their behalf. This is faith to a measure, but this isn't great faith. This is more trust. 
great faith knows, has an absolute knowledge of things that exist in God and his ways, because great faith can see these things that are in God. Great faith receives these truths and the power of these truths has this person living and accessing a powerful demonstrated reality. This is what it means when the scripture says to live by faith in the Son. To live by faith is to be able to access all things in the spiritual dimension in the Christ. This is exactly what this woman and the centurion are doing. They know and have a deeply rooted conviction of the true spiritual dimension that has been in place from the beginning of time. They are tapping into the same reality or dimension that Abraham, David, and all these great people of faith accessed. They are all received in their now because of their great faith. They receive things that others only dream of because of this ability to see and hear because of their great faith. Rahab is named as a woman who is part of these people of faith. Hebrews 11.31 Rahab was a harlot and yet she is mentioned as part of the people who gain their approval with God because of this faith. It's amazing that our humanity and our struggle with our sinful nature doesn't disqualify us or keep us out of receiving and living from this faith. Paul is a man of great faith in Jesus and yet he still said, the things that I want to do, I don't seem to be able to do. And the things I don't want to do, I seem to do. Romans 7, 15 to 20. Maybe this is why faith is one of the top three attributes as a follower of Jesus. Faith enables God's people to tap into a reality and a realm that others aren't because they can't see it. David was also able to eat the bread, the bread of presence, the consecrated bread, because he knew of this realm, because of his great faith. Matthew 12, 3-5. It wasn't just David who ate, but his men. When one person activates this realm, others can benefit from it. He was able to draw from heaven's resource. He activated the currency of heaven. It's this faith that had Abraham seeing the city that was being built in the future, whose architect was God. He received these promises and welcomed them from a distance. It wasn't just Abraham, but all these people. Hebrews 11, 9 to 16. Hebrews 11, 13 to 16 is amazing. This is what it says. All these people died in faith, sight, without receiving the promises, but having seen them and having welcomed them from a distance and having confessed that they were strangers and exiles on the earth. For those who say such things make it clear that they are seeking a country of their own. And indeed, if they had been thinking of that country from which they went out, they would have had the opportunity to return. But as it is, they desire a better country, that is a heavenly one. Therefore God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them. All these people of faith will be and come from Jews, Gentiles, Greeks, circumcised, uncircumcised, black, white, because they are a people of the Spirit and they live their lives by faith in the Son of God. Because these people can see, because they are people of faith, they are not living for earth and all its ways. They are on earth, but earth is not their home. They don't have their roots in earth or on the earth. They are free of earth's gravitational magnetic pull and are anchored by faith in the eternal. They live from 
and for a completely different reality. And it is faith that enables and empowers this demonstration of wisdom.